everything is terrible. No, Cameron, this is everything comes from something. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. That's our other show. Everything's terrible. No, we don't have another podcast. This is the only one. <laughs> I think, you know, starting a show with everything te- is terrible. It's like we're just continuing our last episode, which was a depressing monologue between two friends. It's about called continuity, guys. Get it right. I guess we are consistent with one thing on this show, huh? Being terrible. <laughs> What's been going on with you, Cameron? Right before we just started recording, I was like, what's new in the world of Cameron Tuttle? And I said nothing. Well, you got nothing going on? Aren't you excited for Halloween? Dark and spooky, just like you? Um, Am I excited for Halloween? Have you have yeah, you been I a guess. Halloween guy? I, yes and no. I don't know. I kind of don't... I like the idea of putting a lot of effort into Halloween costumes and whatnot, but I don't actually put a lot of effort <laughs> into Halloween costumes. You ever yeah. think about like how cosplay is just year-round Halloween costumes? Yeah, it is. For and it's like very well made and well crafted. I'm going to be 100% honest. I've always wanted to have the coolest Halloween costume in the room. Like always. Yeah. You've seen those videos of like people wearing an Iron Man suit that like they is made fully out of like, functional. Yeah. <laughs> they made out of like uh, it can do 3D ev- printed parts. Yeah, and it stuff. can do everything except for fly and kill. Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, the rest of the suit is just a hundred percent authentic. Hey, wait, to what can it we talk be. about? Hold on, before this is a total. I knew I'd get you with side something. Tangent. I knew I'd get you with something. Here we go. Can we talk about how does Iron Man just like totally just just shoot missiles at people? Is that like his whole thing? Hold on, Cameron. He just has a suit and he just shoots missiles at people. Are you gonna <laughs> make fun of Iron Man when you love Batman so much? N- no, I'm it's just like saying the like, same thing. No, 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 no. Iron Man. But this is what I'm saying: is Iron Man. He he just he kills people, right? You're saying like, like Iron Man suit tank. What's the difference? Yeah, basically, he's like he's like a weapon of war. I think that yeah, that's the point. But how? <laughs> A weapon of war with, like, the newest tech. Okay, but think about what does he do other than he fights aliens every now and then. Right. He figured out time travel. Spoiler alert. He gets PTSD from aliens. But before that, in Iron Man 1, he was just, like, out in the desert shooting terrorists. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, the first Iron Man is, is the most weird. It's the weirdest one out of, like, all But of he's not, like, a vigilante or anything. And he's not, like, a contracted agent. You know, so do, I mean, don't you think that the the government would come and, and like crack down on Iron Man? He'd be well, like, that's why in the sequel he's sitting in front of Congress, and they're like, "You can't just own a weapon <laughs> and blow up other things." I don't remember you want. anything about Iron Man. Too. How was my board? You don't remember that? No, nothing oh about that gosh. movie. I think I fell asleep during that movie. That's okay. <laughs> I remember I sat through it and I was just very confused the entire time. What? A, so, but then Iron Man three, he has to fight the Mandarin. Yes. Right. Yes. But when does he do anything? <laughs> Who? Iron Man. <laughs> I don't know. He I like the third one. He doesn't. All he does is fly around usually, you know, and then he just shoots missiles at people. Well, Iron Man doesn't do anything, and neither do we, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome <laughs> to episode sixty-seven of Everything Comes from Something. Today's episode, we will be doing a brief impression review of Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, along with a full splurge of information about the fall games being released this year in 2019. Mm. If you enjoyed the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast and throw a couple bucks our way for a couple exclusive things, one being an option to get a free episode 
uncensored every month. It's called Nothing to Do with Anything, and you get access to that. I think it's at the $5 level. $5 level. Right, $5 level. That's right. So check us out there. If you don't have any money, tell some friends and family. That's how a podcast grow. And so do that. That's we really, how a podcast to grow. That, yes, that's a ride. Uh, <laughs> with my Italian accent, we will be talking a lot about Nintendo, actually. Um, they seem to be dominating this fall. Yeah. Not with, like, new games, but just with, like, a full presence because... And, and, and this is sort of where my mind's at. I think Nintendo has an upper hand this fall because their system is only two years old. Yeah, about, really? Yeah, about Switch two, is years only two years old. It, you know what's so funny about the Switch is it feels so unanimous. It's like everybody, everywhere you go, everybody has a Switch. Doesn't matter who you are. You you could be a non gamer. You can be a, you know, a hardcore gamer. Everybody has a Switch. It feels like Nintendo's back in its prime. Yeah, and it was weird when during when Nintendo was like in that Nintendo uh, the. Uh, Wii, Wii U era that like was so odd because I remember when we were growing up in like 2006 2007 where everybody had a Nintendo DS right yeah. that was a thing yeah, like yeah. you just everyone you could find one of those in like almost everyone's house and before that in when I was a kid everybody had had a Game Boy Advanced SP exactly the, the, clam, the clamshell one and they did the same thing with the Wii and the yeah. 3DS I think actually did fairly well as well but the Switch is like recapturing both the console of the Wii and the DS syndrome where it's like you just find one in everyone's house. Like, yeah. And I am super happy because I have a Switch and I love it. Like, what's, I, what's the price point on the Switch? It's so not cheap, is it? Two ninety nine. You can get yeah, you can get it for two ninety nine, and um, that is not the Switch Lite version, which launched recently this year. That is strictly portable. Yeah, the Switch yeah. Lite is two hundred bucks. No um, video output to a TV. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just interested in this ecosystem because it seems like it seems like Nintendo made a really good move here, just like m- focusing on a hybrid console that that is not like, um, y- you know, like you don't have a big tablet like the Wii U, you know, it, yeah. which was just like a terrible idea to to begin with, but. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm interested in this era of Nintendo. Um, I'd like to see where they're going to go with it next, um, and if this Switch train keeps on running, because it seems like there's there's a lot of support. Um, well, right I now. think what's exciting is that Cameron, you know, you and I have both been Vita fans from the beginning. Yeah. We got Vitas, and I think the most exciting thing about getting that console was you're like, holy crap, this console can output really solid graphics for a portable. Yeah, and as someone who was sort of an early adopter of that console, we expected third-party developers to just start putting on, like, smaller but still good-looking, like, AAA experiences. And that didn't happen with the Vita. It fell apart. No. Yeah. And you can tell that developers are afraid of portable systems until it's a Nintendo, like, disease, right? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you notice this with the DS. They were posting Call of Duty on <laughs> on the DS, like... Why is Activision putting money into a Call of Duty port? Because everybody has a Nintendo DS. Right. And the Switch is seeing the same thing. I think we wrote down the games list. Half of these are just re-release ports of huge AAA games. Uh, most notably, I think it was October 15th, the, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt was fully ported onto the Nintendo Switch with all of its DLC. That game was a, like the game in 2015. And now you can play it on your handheld 
anywhere you go. What it's like an eighty to a hundred hour experience game. Oh, more with the um, more with the DLC. It comes with two DLC packs, so it's. I mean, that's got to be a hundred fifty to hundred hour game. It's just ridiculous no. that CD Projekt Red would put in the development time. I think they outsourced a developer. What was yeah. it? What, I, I don't know. Man, I don't remember the developer either. They've done a couple other Switch ports. Switch ports. Um, but I'm just blown away that a game like that can be running on a portable thing, and it's like, I want to buy that game. Not yeah. because I'm going to finish it. No way. But it's like just the fact that it runs. And I think the Switch has like this, this, this energy or this hype around it where it's like you just want more games for your Switch. Um, Which is so weird, too, because it's not the... It doesn't get the AAA releases. You know what I mean? It doesn't get the but big... But it's starting to. The But no, I immediately or yes. a couple years down the Doom line. Doom Eternal is coming out day one on Switch. On Switch? Yeah. With I mean, it. all right. I'll, we'll see if that's a good port or if it's kind of like... Apparently Doom 2016 is already on the Switch. Yeah. And it runs good. No, I think it's coming later this month. No, Doom 2016 is already on. Oh, is it? Yeah. On Switch? Yeah, it came out like a year ago. Oh, yeah, people like it. Weird. I saw something about Doom on the Switch. There's maybe it's the Doom 64 on Switch or something. That's right. Yeah, they're they're re-releasing some of the other the Doom games, which is just awesome for a portable. Yeah. I will say that even though the Switch has twin sticks, playing a shooter on it is very difficult. I haven't found Definitely. a shooter I really like. Um, I've I've played a few like indie titles, but I want to try the AAA experiences, specifically games like Skyrim, Doom. I haven't given a shot on it. Um, and Overwatch was released on the same day that uh, The Witcher 3 was as well. And so I really want to try Overwatch because if you know me, I'm a huge Overwatch fan. And a lot of people are saying that the, the port for Overwatch is weird. It runs at 30 frames a second. It's just hard to aim on a mm. console like that. And it yeah. bums me out, but it's like I have been dying for a first-person shooter on the Switch like... Like a good one. I know. Don't talk to me, Nintendo fans. Don't say Splatoon two. That does not count. Okay. What about uh? When's When's Modern Warfare coming out for the Switch? I I would bet you that they're gonna put out a Call of Duty on Switch. I would. What if they did a re-release of like of an exclusive re-release? Of I could see Modern Warfare remastered put on the Switch yeah. or Call of Duty Mobile, which I've actually been mm. playing on my phone that came out a month ago. You know what's so weird? I got a I got a scam email about. They were like posing as the Apple Store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, about it was like it was like oh thank you for your order of Call of Duty Mobile um, uh, like hardcore edition pack or whatever. <laughs> and I was like I could tell. I mean it was obviously a fake, fake email. Uh, yeah, but but they were like it was I don't know. Yeah, season pass or something. Uh, yeah, and I was like I was like I don't want to click this. Link. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Shout out to Call of Duty Mobile. Literally the was best first person shooter I've ever played on a phone hmm. it just it just works so right alright so so right maybe I should give it a try because I give it a shot I would say if you like Call of Duty play it it is free to play the net code is just great like I don't know how it runs wow. 
so good. Like it's not Weird. laggy. Yeah. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you try it after this. Actually, like, I mean, it's free to play, so I could just download it. But I know. But isn't your phone old? What do you got? Like an iPhone, iPhone seven. Yeah. I I don't know how it's gonna run on that. Oh, but I guess so. We'll we'll see. I'll let what you do you have? An eight. An eight plus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So not that much better. Hey, I'm a starving student. Let me get through this Switch games list just for you to understand kind of what we're talking about here, and then we'll kind of get into the more console PC centric releases for the fall. Uh, if you've played Death by Daylight, that is now released on Switch. Um, that is sort of an isometric multiplayer game where you have four players running from a killer or a creepy monster. Oh, it's the um, uh, it's the multiplayer game, right? Um, yeah. That's yeah. like kind of like uh, Freddy. Right. They Friday have a, they the have 13th. they have a Friday the Thirteenth game coming out on Switch too. I th- I'm pretty sure that's been yeah, announced. Yeah. It's coming out as well. Uh, but I hear a lot of good things about Death by Daylight. I know that they have crossovers with certain movies. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what crossovers they are, but yeah. I I had I knew some people that were really into the game. Uh, Jedi or uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast oh, is out on Switch. I bought wow. it. It was ten dollars. How do you like probably it? one of the cheapest games I've seen on Switch. Yeah, it's. The old janky Star Wars game. I kind of love. I loved the the Jedi um, series. Yeah, one and two. It's cool. It's cool. Speaking of a shooter, like it is a shooter until you pull out the lightsaber. So, and that's something you're looking sure. for. And it's probably the cheapest Switch game you can get. Really, it's gonna look old. Because everybody wants a Switch game, they never go on discount. I've been mm. watching Doom 2016. <laughs> it's sixty dollars to this day. Wow, Skyrim. $60. Like, wow. you can't get a discount on these games, and I'm, like, really bummed about it. Uh, a couple other ones coming your way. Ori and the Blind Forest. Mm. A lot of people like that one. Isn't, 2D, wasn't that a Microsoft game? Yeah. 2D side-scroller on Switch. Uh, Cuphead's on Switch, too. Now. Wow. Yeah. So there's some crossover. Interesting. Yes. Apparently, Xbox Live is supposed to come to Switch, wow. which I have no idea what? what that means. Yeah, what would that mean? <laughs> I am assuming... Because Microsoft is pushing out a technology to give consoles a buffed graphical experience through the cloud, yeah. they're going to integrate that into Xbox Games Pass on the Switch, and you can just play games with streamed graphical buffering wow. on the Switch. I'm assuming that's okay. going to happen. Uh, what, and maybe like games with gold and stuff. Yes. Digital Foundry has talked about how the Switch doesn't have a great Wi-Fi card, which kind of worries me about that, but... We will see. We will see. Uh, Sniper Elite 3 is coming out on Switch along with some Dragon Quest games. Resident Evil 5 and 6. Vampire, spelled weird. Um, Excuse me. Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD, which is also coming to PS4 and Xbox. I played that as a kid. Really, really kind of looking forward to seeing that. We saw that on on the release um, window and I was like what I've played that game <laughs> it was very odd to see it monkey ball's fun Luigi's Mansion 3 is the big hitter for Nintendo this fall this game makes me want to play Luigi's Mansion and I'm a sucker for split screen they have this thing called Gooigi which is just adorable <laughs> where like the second player plays as a, a like liquid formed <laughs> Luigi that can walk through bars and vents Weird. and you kind of cooperate that way I've never played the Luigi's Mansion game. I think I want to give it a shot. I played the OG in um, uh, uh, the, uh, the what is it called the GameCube. <laughs> yeah, the GameCube one. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, I didn't have a GameCube, so I I played it at someone else's house. If but. you have played Luigi's Mansion, isn't it weird how the 
theme song sticks with you forever. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Like, the second I said it, you're like, dude, I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that game has a cool, I guess, main theme. To be honest, though, same with the GameCube. If you've ever played a GameCube, you, you <laughs> the the little the the logo intro logo. Have you done the you. the the did, memes? Did you know that the logo has an Easter egg? Really? If you hold down all the triggers at the right time, a different song plays. Wow. Yeah, that's weird. It's it's a really weird song. Huh? It sounds satanic. I'm pretty sure if you play it backwards, it will say something evil. But cool. Yeah, the fun thing. If you have a GameCube, you can try it out. Uh, on the dark side of Nintendo, Mario and Sonic in the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. <laughs> I spelled that. Actually, I said that completely wrong. It's Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. It's coming to Switch. It, the, it, you know what's weird, though? So I remember when the original Mario and Sonic came out. Oh, that was the right? stuff, dude. It was pretty good. Yeah. I loved the super ping pong. Um I don't remember anything about the game besides Earth. running with the Wii motes, shaking them as fast <laughs> as you can to try to get across the track. No, no, no. They had like a they had like a table tennis, right? Yeah. They had normal table tennis, but then they also had like super table tennis uh-huh. where you had like different power ups and stuff. It was cool. It was fun. Um, but but they kept making those games, and they they made the Winter Olympics one, and then they made the now the Tokyo, twenty twenty. I yeah I have I really have no idea how these things are making money but I guess the crossover has some sort of brand recognition with children I guess yeah I, I mean I, I want, bought the original I wanted it as a kid so I guess it still has some relevancy Pokemon Sword and Shield that's actually a really big release I guess maybe even bigger than Luigi's Mansion I know a lot of people that bought a Switch just for Pokemon um, so I'm sure that's going to be awesome I haven't seen too much stuff about it besides the fact that people are upset that they can't update their Pokedex. Like they could with the old games. I guess you could transfer your Pokédex over to the next game and like have a way to carry over generational Pokémon that don't belong in a new game from an old game or something. Mm-hmm. There's like an issue with that, and they've only selected their favorite Gen One Pokémon in Sword and Shield. So there's like this controversy where it's like, well, my favorite like Digitrio isn't in this game, and <laughs> oh, what am I gonna do? Why'd you pick? Pikachu just because he has his own movie doesn't mean people want him or something like that so I don't know there's a weird drama with that not a Pokemon guy myself um they just seem slow but I I do I did realize that these new Sword and Shield games have like much cooler graphics they seem to be a little bit more modernized but you know it was funny I got down a a YouTube rabbit hole of a guy who was just playing Pokemon but with like he would do it with like a a Magikarp (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he would he would play through all of um all of uh red can't w- with just with just like you know these terrible don't Pokemon. you have anything better to do cameron i just kind of put it on and in the background it was fun i guess so he played one with a ratatata <laughs> one finger death punch 2 is also coming out uh that one's not out yet isn't that a band i have no idea oh no that's five finger death punch uh, for some reason i thought this was related to one punch man but i don't think it is hmm um, farming Simulator 20. Yes. I guess. Farming Simulator. I think most people are waiting for the Animal Crossing game, but this will have to hold them over. And then Assassin's Creed Rebel Collection, which is probably a collaboration. Actually, actually I can look this up. Is that um, maybe the first three games or the Brotherhood, whatever else it is? I'm afraid that it's going to be the crappy ones, the Rebel Collection. Oh, is that the mobile game? Oh, this is actually a great port for Switch. For $40, you can get 
Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag oh. and Assassin's Creed Rogue. Those are pretty much performing similarly. And they both ran on last gen hardware. Yeah, yeah. So Black Flag is really good. I heard that. I literally started it and it's so boring. I had to climb up a thing and then I just put it away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember starting it too and it was like a trailing mission. Yeah. After the first yeah. twenty minutes, I was like, screw this. Yeah, yeah. No way I'm playing this. But hey, I know a lot of people that say Black Flag is their favorite. If you're into pirates, give it a sh- give it a shot. Yeah. I love pirates, so Yeah. Maybe maybe we didn't give it enough of a chance, but that that kind of sums up the Switch release for November. Like I think they're hitting it home. That list is longer than the actual like major releases coming out yeah, this fall. There a lot of the AAA games that we were looking forward to have been delayed. Um so or pushed back. But, right, yeah, yeah. D- delayed till like, you know, spring of next year. So um, this fall is looking really light, and I think you're starting to see the kind of um, uh, the trailing off of like the major releases for them to wait for for um, the next next, gener- next yeah. year next year which the next will generation be, yeah PlayStation Five and Xbox Two or Xbox Seven whatever we're gonna call whatever it, it Scarlet Project Scarlet yeah uh, those those consoles are what's at the forefront of these companies' minds, and I think it's kind of clear looking at this fall release schedule that that's where all their development teams are working. I mean, there's going to be that last push. This basically is going to be the last push, right? You've got Last of Us, um, Ghost of Tsushima, um, and... Death Stranding. Death Stranding. That's coming out, that's this, coming year. out this year. Yeah. Um, but like that's basically the last, the final push, but before PS5, essentially. It's weird because you think about Xbox's final push; they don't have one. Yeah, September was the release of Gears of War Five, which I really, really enjoyed. I got it on Games Pass. I think this game is vastly underrated. Hmm. Gears of War Five is is extremely well paced for a campaign. I was excited to get into Gears of War, and so I bought. Gears of War 4 from GameStop used, and it came with all four of the original games with wow. a code that no one downloaded. So I played, th- I, I made my friend Bob Tabrizi suffer. I said, we're going to play through every single first level of every campaign across all of the Gears of War games, and we will judge how good they are. So we <laughs> from played, the first level. Well, we played like one or two levels from yeah, each, yeah. right? So Gears of War 1, atrocious. Do not play this game, unless maybe you get the remake, but my goodness, it it is just a terrible, terrible start. The trailer, excellent. Gears of War 1, avoid it. Gears of War 2, stronger opening, still just mediocre. You know, this game came out in like 2010 or something. When did the first one come out? 2008 is my guess. Uh... No, I think it's earlier. I think it's 2006. Uh, 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 uh. 2006 you're right and then Gears of War 2 was 2008 and Gears of War 3 was 2011 I remember there was oh, one that was a little yeah. bit longer yeah. Gears of War 3 had a much like greater bombastic opening um, and that felt more modern Gears of War 4 which was the first Xbox One game developed by the Coalition instead of Epic Games um, had a different feel I played much longer into Gears of War 4 just to see like what is Gears of War now and it was still kind of lukewarm Gears of War 5 best opening to their campaigns like way more modernized great set pieces um the game is just 
oozing with lore. If you haven't played Gears, give five a shot, I would mm. say. They do a great recap for you to understand what's going on. It's a game where you shoot aliens. Have fun with it. Yeah. Um, and it's got a great co-op mode. And yeah. So I can't I have to recommend it. That came out in September. It's already live and it's on Xbox Games Pass, so check it out there. That was an interesting uh wrinkle to that, right? Because technically it underperformed as far as sales went, but a lot of people played it, right? Yeah, the the player count was over two million or something. That's I mean, that's crazy. But it, like it the, got me to sign up for Games Pass. Yeah, yeah. Granted I did the two months for two dollars. So I don't know what kind of money Microsoft made off me. And I already canceled the subscription the second I down... Like, that was the first thing I did. I was like, I got the subscription, went to the website, canceled renewal. Because I was like, (laughs) I'm not paying again. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... But But, but would it be worth it? Like, here's the thing. Is Games Pass worth it? Playing Games Pass, it made me need it. (laughs) Which is which is good on them. That's why they did the two dollars, two months for two dollars. They bundle Xbox Live, which is ten dollars a month, with Games Pass, which is also ten dollars a month, for fifteen dollars a month. And I'm like, I just got to. (laughs) I I I think that's what I'm gonna do. My subscription runs out in November. We're almost there. I'll just, I'll just as soon as I turn on my Xbox again. I'm playing PlayStation right now, so whenever I want to go back to that, I'll pay for. The Games Pass thing. Yeah. It's really good when you have like a lull of like no games that you're playing. You're like, I just want to want to try something. I got to try Super Hot. I started playing Arkham City again. Mm-hmm. There's just so many games on there that you could try. Also got Hellblade. Um, I never I never got a chance to get back to that. But nevertheless, we're off topic. Let's get back to these November releases. Uh, first up, we have The Surge 2, which is already out. I don't know anything about The Surge besides the fact that it is a... Dark Souls-ish game. I'm tired of that comparison. It looks easier. It looks more aggressive. It looks more fun. It yep. doesn't look like as painful to play. So a lot of people are the fan of The Surge. Um, I can look up the Metacritic score here. Have you heard anything about The Surge? Nope. Literally do not know what it is. It's like a sci-fi um, kind of like Dark Souls combat style. Apparently it's sitting at a Metacritic score of 77 that's on pc okay um so good good to say the least i know people that are fans of it uh alongside destiny 2 shadow keep came out but i think the big thing that you need to know about destiny 2 is that it's free to play now um and i've actually been playing a a huge chunk of it actually all last week destiny 2 shadow keep got a 78 on metacritic and the thing you need to know about this update is that it is now free to play so if you've never played Destiny, I think it's worth giving it a shot um, because the free-to-play Destiny 2 is called Destiny 2 New Light, and it comes with Destiny 2 and the Red War campaign, which is the single-player campaign. It's trash. Don't play it. Um, and it also comes with the Curse of Osiris and the Warmind DLC, which were the first two DLCs, all free. Those are all for you to play. That's I think that's three raids you can try they've reworked all the armor systems so like in the past if you played destiny the raids would give you gear for the cap of when that content drop was released does that make sense yeah so it was like you would play oh shoot i don't remember i only remember the first one and being like beyond disappointed (laughs) um because because it was like didn't get the loot well i didn't have any friends to play with right Uh you need six friends to play with so i finally found a way to play with six people on the vault of glass and destiny one but at the time that I finally got to play it, 
the content like we were already up to like the third DLC that was out. Yeah. And so the gear that I got in the Vault of Glass was trash compared to what like basically it was only useful in PvP or PvE where like all level power was scaled. Yeah. And that was really frustrating. So that what they've done is they've made the the raids have gear that can be upgraded and used um at the highest rank level. Mm. And that's really nice because it, it gives you a reason to go back and play these harder raid levels. Right, right. Um, definitely check out New Light. I played through two new characters. Really fun to grind up to power level 950. I think I got to 900 on a Titan, and I'm at 900 with a Warlock as well. Um, I already played through the Hunter class. Mm. I think Destiny 2 has a lot going for it, but I also think if you're looking for a Halo game, this is not Halo. You need to know that. And that's why I hated it at first. That's what you got to know. Hmm. Enough about Destiny. Anything to add, Cameron? Are you going to check it out with Please, the free I, play? No, I hate Destiny. Okay. Well, we're done with that. <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, that came out. I, I I know it has a low Metacritic score. Do you have any thoughts on this? Um, no. Other than... It, it was the follow-up follow to Wildlands, right? Right. It's sitting at a 63 on Metacritic hmm. for the Xbox One. Uh, 56 on PS4. Jeez. Yeah, so I knew the... Um, I The original Wildlands had a bit of a cult following, you know? Right. Um, but I, I never got into it. It looks very bland, and I think this game looked bland as well. Yeah. I think that's why it's kind of flopped. Yeah. Um, my experience with Ghost Recon was playing Future Soldier on the PlayStation 3. And it is just an okay shooter. Mm-hmm. I have really cool customization, like gun what, customization. Was Ghost Recon the um, the stealth one? What, which one was the that's Splinter Cell? Splinter Cell, right, right. right. Splinter Cell, much better. They should bring that back. Where's Splinter yes. Cell? I think a lot of people are ready for something Splinter Cell. You know, I lo- I kind of love stealth games. I'm gonna be honest. I think they're so fun. Hitman was the last great stealth game that I played. You know what's weird is that. With stealth games, they are frustrating for me because there is this issue with stealth games where when you get caught, everything feels clunky. Mm-hmm. But when you're being like stealthy, everything feels good. And I think I enjoy stealth, optional stealth in a lot of games. Yeah. Because it's so rewarding to, like, when stealth systems in a video game work well in and outside of combat. What about Metal Gear Solid 5? Did you play that? I thought that was one of the best like implementations of it. It's so good. But it still feels clunky to get into a gunfight in that game. Yes, and yeah, I think that's true, but it I feel like it makes up it makes up for it with the sort of like playfulness and like there's so many ways to do anything and you can actually it feels more Sandbox. Able to yeah, you feel like you're able to to back out and then come back in, sort of re reassess the situation. Metal, in that. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five has a very good way of implementing rules that you understand. Yeah, and the game plays by the rules. The only people that break the rules is the player. Yeah, and, and I think that's exciting as a player. As far as like stealth in and out of combat, simultaneously like fluidity, I guess is what I'm saying. Um Uncharted 4, I think, nails that feeling for me. Because there were sections of Uncharted 4 where I would flawlessly murder 
everyone <laughs> without anyone knowing what happened. Yeah. And yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. But every time I'd mess up one of those, because when I, I think it was back in Uncharted 3, there was like this achievement to get over 35 stealth kills. Um, there was a trophy. And I so I would do stealth kills all the time on my crushing playthrough for Uncharted 3. Mm. And that was like fun, but I could only get like one or two guys at a time. So I got really good at abusing the AI and like becoming a stealth ninja in that game. There was no fluidity in the combat. Though. Right, right, right. Once you were caught, that was it. In Uncharted 4, you could get caught, get away, and then become like that predator again. And it was like, I think that that fluid style of combat is something Naughty Dog like they get praised for it but I don't think they get praised enough and I'm almost 100% sure that The Last of Us 2 is going to have Ooh, that I'm so that like excited. visceral feeling of being able to run and hide and then yeah. like have that action oriented combat did yeah. you did you play Hitman? I have Hitman um, the reboot all the chapters yeah I didn't give it enough of a cho- uh, of a shot. I think Hitman, they they don't explain a lot. Yeah, I get, Yeah, that's well. Did you? They have like the <sighs> intro mission, I think. Yeah, and I think what I got frustrated with is every time I thought I was being clever, I thought, um, they knew I was gonna do this, and and that didn't like feel good to me as a player. It was like, ooh, steal the mascot outfit. Now I can get past thing, and I have a perfect sniper shot. I just kill him. I'm like, I just. I I, I kind of don't feel rewarded. Whereas mm. in Metal Gear Solid 5, it's like you plan out your point of attack. You plan yeah, out yeah. your recon thing. It's like that felt more exciting for me. Um, that's that's interesting because I, I totally didn't um, get that when I was playing through Hitman. It felt like I was able to... Uh, it felt like there were at different avenues, you know, different ways you could do things, but it was really open and you could, you could really mix and match and, and there were so many things to play with that it really kept my interest. I wanted to like it a lot more and I'd like to try Hitman too. I yeah. think, I think that's a hundred percent sure. I just, I need to give it more time. I think following up from ghost recon breakpoint, I know and just want to reiterate, not a lot of people like that game. I think you and I both don't have an interest in it, but no. uh, Concrete Genie came out, which is PlayStation Four exclusive, sitting at a seventy-five on Metacritic. That's a f- it's a first-party exclusive. Yes, this is a game that Cameron and I hear about from games media journalists, and we have never seen it. At Literally, all. don't know. What I, ha- it is. I have no idea what it is, besides the fact that it is a first-party game. <laughs> so, if you are interested in Sony first-party, check it out. But they really, it seemed like they did not. Um, push this game very hard because remember they made the the blog post about PlayStation Five on the same day, right? <laughs> that Concrete Genie came out, so like the, it doesn't seem like they're really interested in promoting it. Yeah, who knows? It kind of looks artsy. That's the only thing I've kind of heard about it. Yeah, maybe I think you play as a kid, so yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know because if I heard Concrete Genie. Honestly, I picture parkour. I don't think that's a little what bit, the game yeah. is. Um, but that's what I would picture. WWE 2K20. Oh, I heard this is terrible. Sitting at a 41 on Metacritic. Terrible. Yeah, I've heard a lot of awful things about this. Um, don't buy this game, <laughs> even if you want to. That's I, too bad because I remember the old WWE games. I thought they were fun. 
Did you ever play them? Nope. Uh, that's the thing. I, I can't get into sports games. This is more of a fighting game than anything. Yeah, I know. It's fun. I it, saw it, some gameplay for WWE 20, uh, and I just... It looks awful. I remember two years back, maybe, they had the most... One of the one of the most, like, customizable create-a-class options. Or, like, create-a... Create a fighter. I think they have that back again. But I think it's really janky. Yeah. There's also a game called Medieval, which is a remake of a PlayStation 1 game that came out on the same day as Modern Warfare, October 25th. Any thoughts on Medieval, Cameron? I I want to play it. I want to play it. I have no idea what kind of game it is. Some sort of platformer, slasher, or something. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing I know about it is that Sir... Whatever his face is was in uh, PlayStation, PlayStation All Stars. PlayStation All Stars. Ugh. <laughs> He's got a funny. The character you play as is like this noble knight that gets killed at the front of combat or something, and then resurrected to get a revenge. Yeah. Or something. I. You know, if you're looking for a kid-friendly Halloween game, this is probably a good choice for you. Yeah. Uh, it looks. It looks fun. It looks pretty. You know, all that little Pixar art style or whatever. Sure. I have absolutely no interest. Now we're going to get to the rest of the game releases uh, coming out towards the end of 2019, but we want to take a chunk. Modern Warfare came out on Thursday. I pre-ordered it uh, literally the day that it came out, which is Thursday night. They do this thing with game releases now where it's like you can see it opening night, kind of like a movie. So it technically came out on Friday, but I got it Thursday night. Because you pre-ordered it and you can pre-load it. So I, I started playing it Thursday night. I want to kind of go into a deep dive of what I think of the game. Cameron, you got about an hour yeah, of yeah. split-screen gameplay it. for the uh, just kind of like an initial feel and impression. But so far, I'm really liking it. Um, I am a big Call of Duty fan. I think I've played a majority of the games. And last year... Haven't you played every one since Modern Warfare 2? I've played them all since... I, I have not played the first two games. Oh, but every yeah. one since then. I've played every one, including some of the DS ports. Most of the <laughs> DS ports. And Black Ops Declassified on, on, on VR. Oh, what um, an awful game. I remember you let me borrow it, dude, and I, it was atrocious. I played, like, probably 50 hours of that game. Why? Why? I prestiged. In that Why? Game. I, I just there's something about the Call of Duty, the brainless Call of Duty formula that I just, it's it's like. But the Killzone game was way better. Oh, I played a ton of hours of that too. I loved that game. I like Killzone Mercenary on Vita, best shooter on the Vita. Definitely. Um. So here's what I want to say about Modern Warfare. Last year, with everything comes from something, we reviewed Black Ops Four on the YouTube channel, and. That's like one of the three videos we put out on there. I love to analyze and look at what Call of Duty is for the year. And looking back on that review, I am sort of against myself because when I played Black Ops 4 for the rest of the year, I stopped playing it after I reviewed it pretty much. Yeah. That game had no longevity. I don't like Black Ops 4 anymore. (laughs) And I recommended it in that video. And so I'm sort of nervous to talk about what I see in Modern Warfare because I was so wrong from last year, right? I don't think Black Ops 4 holds up as well as I thought it did because there were there were small things that I talked about like Call of Duty zombies, they don't have Juggernaut anymore. And that's good because everyone should just start with Juggernaut. And the community is completely against me on that. 
they think that's a stupid change for Call of Duty Zombies. And guess what? I played more Black Ops 3 Zombies, retro zombies, than I did with new Black Ops 4 Zombies last year. Yeah. Which is just crazy when you think about it. Because I, I recommended that. So, let's... The, well, the maps were good. Yeah. I, I loved the Titanic one, and I loved the... Uh, what was the original map? The... um the, Like, the game came with so many maps. Yeah, yeah. It seemed awesome. It was just the replayability of it was not as exhilarating. It was more of like a one-night stand kind mm, of thing where mm. it's like, oh, cool, Cameron and I can play zombies for this one map, and you kind of get the experience, and it's a one and done. Yep. Whereas zombies have this replayability. And so that's kind of what I want to focus on with my review, or at least my initial impressions of Modern Warfare. There are three sections of this game. The first being the campaign. Let me say that as a Call of Duty player, I don't play the campaigns very much at all. The only campaign I really like is Black Ops, and there's a historical link to that. You know if you've listened to this show long enough, I talk about Black Ops enough. I That was my first Call of Duty as a middle schooler playing this, this violent video game. But I just loved how how I was studying the Black... The, um, shoot, what am I saying? The Cold War. The Cold War. I was studying the Cold War in middle school and how that related to a game that I thought was really, really fun. Mm. And this campaign in Modern Warfare... I don't know if it has replayability, but it is the most engaging campaign I've played since Black Ops 1. Mm. I have tried to play other campaigns. They are just not as good. This, First and foremost, this game is gorgeous. Yeah. Actually good, like actually great graphics for a Call of Duty game. They redid the engine. You were saying the sound is incredible. The sound is so good. It's so good. I mean, even like Black Ops Four, looking back on it, looks terrible. Oh yeah, it it, it looks like garbage. Especially the big map. What is the blackout or whatever? Blackout. It's um, like it looks like garbage. Eye pain. Um, but the um, the, the this game has has a really interesting and and gorgeous look. And the sound, I remember I the sound in Black Ops 4 bothering me so much because there was no directionalism. There was like, you really could not tell where things were coming from. Yeah. Um, everything sounded kind of like washed out and like it was just kind of happening near you, you know, but you couldn't tell. But this, like everything sounds so good it it's so clear you it reminds me a lot of battlefield um and battlefield sound has always been one of the the key things in that game modern warfare feels like a chaotic follow-up a chaotic arcadey follow-up to battlefield 3 yeah and cameron and i both love battlefield 3 and 4 i know you liked battlefield 1 i had mixed feelings about it yeah um but Modern Warfare just seen like, so far, I, I'm just really enjoying the opening weekend. A lot of people call it the honeymoon period. So I'm, I'm going to try to be as non-biased as I can. Let's get back to the campaign really fast. It, or one last thing I want to mention about the sound. The, um, the team at Infinity Ward released some videos about how they recorded the sound of these guns. And they took the guns to the actual range and they set up like a ton of microphones. Like there's so much passion put into this Modern Warfare reboot. And I think what's sad is that this game can easily be seen as like they're completely out of ideas, Mm. right? Because Modern Warfare has been made. There's a game called Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and now there's this one in 2019, (laughs) Call of Duty Modern Warfare. 
And it really, but I think this the team was like, we really want to reimagine like an exciting military shooter, a modern military shooter, not a futuristic shooter. You know, you've seen it before. We're gonna make it something special, something that we care about. And I and I said this to you earlier. This is the first next gen Call of Duty game I've ever played. Yeah, doesn't reinvent the wheel, but man, does it look amazing. Does it play amazing? Does it like? It's just everything that Call of Duty should have been for the last five years, Mm -hmm. which is just sad to say because it's taken them forever to get anything close to it. And I would say that World War II was the only other one that looked close to amazing. Sledgehammer did a good job with this. Sledgehammer and Raven. Raven's been rumored to be working on a battle royale for this. Oh. Um, But Sledgehammer helped with this one as well. A battle royale for Modern Modern Warfare? Warfare? Yeah. A lot of people are saying it's going to launch... Towards the beginning of 2020, free to play. Is that is that like true? That that's it's just happening? a rumor. Oh, just a rumor. Right. So, let's get back to the campaign. Yeah. The reason this campaign engaged me from the beginning is uh, I want to say that the cinematics, like I made you watch the first cinematic, Cameron. Yeah. Did you feel like a difference in watching that first cinematic? Totally. Totally. Yeah. There it, is. It feels more um, grounded and more real than any Call of Duty has it's in just, a long time. It's gritty. It's intense. I've never played a campaign from Call of Duty where I didn't feel like I was goofing off trying to break the game and just shoot at stuff. Yeah. Um, this game had my heart pounding. The second mission, you respond as a police officer to a terrorist attack that's happening like right there in your face. And you can see through the Call of Duty cracks. I'm not going to lie. There are sections where like the civilians running away kind of look the same as they did in Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> But, like, the sound design with the presentation of it, there's, like, a, a serious fear and adrenaline that hits you if you, le- if you let the game just engage you. I had my friend Daniel play the, uh, this mission, I think it was a night ago or something, after I had played it. I was like, I want to see what you think. He ran straight through it and still was blown away. He was like, dang, that was intense. Yeah. But I took my time with that mission. On the, uh, It's the second mission. And the game will... If you explore a little bit in that opening area, you see like some seriously gruesome stuff. There was there was a section where I walked down into a subway and there were these terrorists who started shooting on civilians. Like it was a firing squad. They had them lined up. And walking down there as a player, I had one second to respond. And I was like, if I had just pulled the trigger sooner on these guys with the guns with the people lined up, they would have been more alive. Instead, I was late. I killed the three terrorists and there was one civilian left that was alive shaking and I was like dang this I've never seen anything like this in a Call Mm -hmm. of Duty campaign like I felt shook on it you know that shock factor that intensity is super real in the campaign especially for the first two hours I will I I have just beat mission six and seven I've not completed the campaign mission six and seven they have lost a, a touch of that intensity. Mm-hmm. Now the game focuses on the gameplay elements that you know. But I want to stress that this Call of Duty campaign has great pacing, great level design. It lets you play Call of Duty in a familiar way, but also in a way that's like engaging. And I think that that's been my issue with most Call of Duty campaigns. It's it's a, it, I play them and they're not engaging. They're familiar and they're not engaging. But this one is engaging because it takes its time to set up slow, intense sequences. There's a mission that's called 
crap, I don't remember the name of it. It's the fifth mission. It's called Breach or something like that. You're breaking into this house where you know the terrorists responsible for the attack in Mission 2 are. And it is slow. It is dark. You're like wearing these night vision goggles. And like it's intense. It almost leans into like horror elements Mm -hmm. in that. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like I miss that. Right, right. And you can tell that they just really poured themselves out in the in the mission structure and the mission design. Like that breaching mission you can finish in five minutes. And I, I think I took like what, ten, fifteen on it. Right? Because well one, I didn't know where the enemies were placed, but it was like you can really enjoy the environment and, and the way the campaign set up. Best campaign I've played since Black Ops. I don't know if it beats it yet. The multiplayer is all this visceralness mixed into the chaos you know. Call of Duty has pushed its its uh, player counts, which is cool. They have a ground war mode, which is 32v32. I played that, actually, Cameron, a little bit today uh, before I saw you. And that's just utter chaos. <laughs> it's fun chaos. You know, when you get a kill streak, instead of blowing up two guys, you can blow up eight. And it's just it's ridiculous. It is yeah. super ridiculous. Uh, the normal uh, 6v6 modes are intense, well put together. I think they're having some issues with mixing game modes with certain maps. You and I played headquarters yeah, on yeah. a large map, and it didn't work. Um, I don't know why. That it felt did. empty and yeah. kind of just I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't as interesting. And then we play didn't we play domination on the same map the next time? No, no, no. We played domination on a different one. Oh, okay. Well, um, but the domination but it was like felt a similar. It was a similarly large map. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just felt it felt a lot better. It felt like there was more happening. Um, yeah, I I am really intrigued by um, the hardcore mode um, realism. The, yeah, there's no HUD. There's no hit markers. Um, basically, all you have to you really have to focus um, w- like what you're. W- w- um, like what you're trying to go for and it makes you play slower and more tactical there's no um, hit markers which is cool yeah you kind of have to confirm that your enemy's down yeah and you have to listen to like player verbal cues where they're like contact and you're like I don't see anyone, <laughs> anyone. like where are, where are we seeing contact yeah. you know um, that I think that's an interesting way to play the game has split screen which is one of my favorite things about Call of Duty you cannot play split screen on the ground war mode yeah um which is understandable. I wish the map and gameplay mode filters could be better put together. Because what I wanted to play with you, Cameron, was a 10v10 domination on the bigger map that we played headquarters mm-hmm. on. And it's like that mode has vehicles, but it's right. not ground war yet. Right, right, right. And I And I think there needs to be a way to, to filter that through. It's not fully set in. Um, as far as the other modes go, I think... Modern Warfare leans into a competitive nature with a game called Cyber Attack, which we haven't got to play yet. I really like Cyber Attack. It's a... How do I put it? It's Search and Destroy, which is like you have one life and you have to plant a bomb somewhere. Yeah. But they added it so there's revives. So now there's like a meta game mm. in the game. Mm. And it's very fun because some players are too scared to engage, so they just kind of hide back and like will revive. And it's like, it'll be a 1v5, but suddenly it'll be a 1v3 because someone is hiding in the back reviving people. It's like, 
a very a very cool take on a game mode. And I think the last game mode I want to shout out for the multiplayer is Gunfight, which is a 2v2 even playing field, hyper competitive, the sweatiest game mode I've ever played in Call of Duty. It is uh, insane. Deathmatch, where you are put up against two other players. You start with no weapons. On this ti- this tiny map. You, you start with the same loadout that they have. Everyone has the same loadout, and it's randomized every time. Oh, you, really? You played a different mode of gunfight. Oh, there's okay. one where play, there's, yeah, yeah. there's guns hidden around the map. Yeah. The normal one is like you start with a random loadout. Got it. And I kind of liked the guns hidden around the map because it made you like made you like kind of scramble and right. then like hunker down and yeah, there's some You're given 60 seconds to kill the other two people. There's no regenerating health and after 60 seconds there's a flag that opens up in the middle for capping for the win. Yeah. And it they're you're putting these tiny maps don't play this mode in split screen. You can. It is death. Maybe it's because I was playing it on an old HD TV, not at 4K. But wow, this that that game mode is really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, I hate neat. it. I I hate it so much. <laughs> I can't play it. It's way too sweaty. Um, but it's it's awesome. And and I think the one thing you need to know about Modern Warfare is that it's crossplay, 100% crossplay. You can play with mm-hmm. mouse and keyboard on console. You can play with controller on PC. It matches you with controller inputs. And I've also seen a lot of talk about how controllers that go up against PC keyboards are not that much at a disadvantage because the auto aim is so good in mm. Call of Duty on controllers that like PC players that have no auto aim with mouse and keyboard like are still competing with controller players that are like just as good. So that's something that's kind of neat. Like if you buy it on a console, you can play with any of your friends through your Activision account. However, that works. They yeah. they have two separate tabs for that. Um, that covers the multiplayer, and then my final thoughts come to the co-op, which is my biggest frustration with the game. I love Spec Ops from the original Modern Warfare games. The co-op is the evolution of that, and it is the most confusing and like terribly put together game mode I've seen Call of Duty put together in a long time. Mm. There are four missions or operations, as they're called, maybe five. I don't remember, and these are long-form four-player co-op raids. And these are well designed. You cannot play them in a private match. You can only publicly matchmake with these. Oof. I don't know why that is. I I mean, I guess you have to have four players, um, but you can't private match it. Like, what if I want to private match it with like another player? Yeah, why would just that, two players and try to like be? take on the hard challenge? Or why can't you try to solo a super hard challenge? Like, yeah. That's so stupid. Then they have another mode called. Um, Spec Ops, or it's like co-op classic. And this is a neat mission where you crash Black Hawk Down style. You're in this small, like, desert village, and you have to defend these waves of guys. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's whatever. They said, oh, it's a replayable experience. Neat. You can play that one in private match. Up to four players. And then they have Survival, which is a PlayStation exclusive for a year. This is the Modern Warfare 3 Survival you know. Uh, every round you can buy new guns, kill streaks, equipment, hunker down on a multiplayer map. Big issue with this. There are only three maps. And the game has like, geez, I don't know, like 15 maps in it. Why are there only yeah. three maps you can play survival on? This is the stupidest decision I've seen from them. And the worst offender of co-op is Spec Ops is famously known for being able to be played split screen. And you cannot play any split screen on the co-op modes. 
You can't play split screen on survival. You can't play split screen on this classical mode, Black Hawk Down thing. And you don't even have access to the operations unless you're playing them in a open internet lobby. So yeah. seriously, I don't know. Activision, Infinity Ward, figure that out. Like, that mode is practically... Like, it, it loses so much of its value if you can't privately play it with... I mean, I, I think you should be able to at least play survival split screen because yeah. that's what you, yeah. what, what I played. Um, I, I really do think that the operations and the weird classical mode should be open to split screen as well, but... That is really stupid. I saw some Reddit people freaking out about it. And I was like, is no one talking about this? Like, very frustrated. No, I have not seen very much coverage of this. And it pisses me off. So overall, I think Modern Warfare is a solid package. If you like Call of Duty, it's totally worth it. If you're interested in a single player campaign that's kind of a one and done, five to ten hour experience that you can cruise through, check it out. Uh, if you're just in the mood for like a Black Hawk Down, modern military kind of shooter, check it out. If you hate Call of Duty, this is not going to be different. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not something that's going to convert you. It's just, it is what it is. It's cool. Like, I, I I think it's solid. I just have issues with some of the uh, some of the decisions they made with it. Yeah, one of the things that excites me about it and kind of makes me want to get it um i haven't really decided if i will yet but um i have kind of been longing to go back to battlefield 4 i've (laughs) battlefield 4 is probably one of my most played games ever um i put so many hours into that game and i love it and uh there's just like something about I don't know the 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 balance between the guns and the upgradability and the maps and it's just fun. It's just so much fun. Um, and this feels the closest to a spiritual successor that um, that I've seen in the past. Yeah, um, I think I think Call of Duty is really trying to tap into that battlefield market this year with it. Because there is no Battlefield game this year. Right. There's only, I mean, and then last year, like I enjoyed Battlefield Five for what it was. Um, I thought there was, um, really some missed opportunities, but but overall, I liked I liked what it was doing. But it's really no comparison, I think, to to um to Battlefield Five. So or Battlefield Four, um, Modern Warfare. Or five, Battlefield Five. Okay, um, and yeah, so I I just want to go back. I want to go back to that <laughs> that era. I, I want a modernized version. I played a ground war map with really tall skyscraper buildings. Mm. It was insane. Was it? Did, could you uh, destroy one of the buildings no, and have it come no. down? There's no destructible buildings. They had this interesting mechanic in Modern Warfare where you can put on this clamp into the elevator shafts and ride up them super quick. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, it was kind of neat. So they basically would give you like two floors on the lower base and like three floors on the upper base, but you wouldn't have to run up like fifteen flights of stairs. I don't know if the I don't know if you can do that, but can may, run up the stairs? Yeah, maybe you can. I'm not sure. Hmm. But nevertheless, that is our quick brief overview of Modern Warfare. Uh, we're coming up on an hour here, Cameron, so we can wrap it up. The Outer Worlds. Uh, I think I believe it is out by the time you hear this yeah, episode. Um, this is Obsidian's game. Obsidian is known for Fallout New Vegas. I think if you're looking for a single-player RPG game this fall, this is going to be the one for you. 
if you like Skyrim or Fallout, definitely check out this game. Obsidian is well known for uh, what they did with New Vegas, and now they've kind of taken their own sci-fi spin on a Fallout formula game. This is going to be the last game you can get on PlayStation because Obsidian is purchased by Microsoft, and it looks solid. A lot of moral ambiguity. Ambiguity. Thank you, Cameron. (laughs) Ambiguity. I got it. A lot of different decisions. I've heard cool things about like, oh, if you help these one people and you go back to another town, uh, because you help them, you actually hurt the other colony, and they'll be like, "What the heck? We hate you because you helped that other colony." Yeah, I I heard. I heard there's. I heard great things about this game. Yeah. Um, and I heard there's a lot of like, interesting choice, interesting, um, like, things to discover, things to explore. So it's sitting at an 86 on Metacritic. Pretty very good. solid, good game. Uh, Do you have any interest in playing this? Not really. Okay. Not really. I I never got into those the Fallout games and whatnot. I loved Fallout Four, um, but I mean me neither. I mean, it takes me. It takes a, a kind of a a special place to, for me to get into an RPG. So I I don't know if I'm gonna get it. Same Metacritic score as Modern Warfare, so if you're split between a multiplayer shooter and a single-player-focused experience, maybe go with this one. Um, Probably looks like about a 30-40 hour RPG experience. I'm sure you could put more time into it, but that's sort of my guess at length. Hey, if you're a PC player and you've been waiting, Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out later in November. Cameron and I highly recommend this game. Very, very good. It is one of the probably one of the best games of this generation. It holds its value of sixty dollars. It should it should really be a lot more than that. I yeah. think. Yeah. They give you so much single player. It is great writing. If you if you like video games as an art form, I think this is one you have to buy and try. Yes. Um, and I'm excited to see how it's perform. It's going to perform on PC. I'm interested. Like, I know when GTA Five came out on PC, that was, like, a big deal. Yeah. Um, they really kind of took it up to the next level. Because remember, it was on PS3 and Xbox 360 We're just when it first seeing, came out. like, such beautiful games, guys. If you haven't seen the graphics on Modern Warfare, ch- just go look it up on YouTube. Look up the graphics for Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC. It's just yeah. insane. Uh, it I mean, started, Red Dead almost killed my console. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my PS4 became a jet engine. Every time you turn it on, it would be like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cameron, I thought you'd want to know that um, Garfield Kart Racing Furious Racing is that the title? It's Garfield you? Kart Furious Racing is the title. Uh, it's coming out in November. I, I think I might what buy day? it for you. What day? I, I don't care. I didn't write that down. <laughs> I just, I might buy it for you for Christmas. I didn't want to let you know. No, please I know don't. you're a huge Garfield fan. If you want to be scarred for life, there's this YouTube video called Garfield Transcends Something. <laughs> it's terrifying. It has really scary Cthulhu art. If you want to be scared for the rest of your life, maybe watch this video. It could be. Is that the same as like the, um, I'm sorry... Dave or yes, whatever. Yes, it, yeah. I think it's called Garfield call, uh, finds the meaning of life or something <laughs> like that. It's a really scary animated uh, YouTube video. Don't look it up. Um, Death Stranding comes out on November eighth. Mm-hmm. This is the PlayStation hard hitter. 
for the we'll holiday season. We'll see if it's good. I'm a little scared. Kojima's next game after Metal Gear Solid Five. He is very weird. This stars Norman Reedus, the actor. And a baby. And he's carrying a baby. Who are the other actors in this? Oh, I don't know. There's famous... Uh, Mads Mikkelsen? Is he in it? I think so. All right. I, I probably got that wrong. And who's the guy that re- uh, directed the Fish movie? Oh, yeah. Guillermo del Toro. He's in the yeah. game. He's in the game. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, yeah, so weird sci-fi game where you... It seems like a messaging game. You, you carry messages across the United States and avoid... And there's dark a baby. shadow monsters. And there's a baby. If you don't know what Death Stranding is, neither does anyone else. And you can look up the trailers and be confused like everyone else. It seems a little gross, gonna be honest. It looks really weird. Really, really weird. And fascinating at the same time. This is what like <laughs> Yeah. I I, I I think that this game is definitely gonna find its cult following. I'm uh, excited to see where the where where are you things land? Are you buying it? Probably not. No. Yeah, I'm excited to see where things like fall down, like the consensus falls down on. Because I think this game is going to be really split. Really? Either it's going to be really split, or uh, there's the going to be amazing. There's going to be a Kojima like stamp of approval. Everybody, everybody bows down to Kojima. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh man. So we'll see. Need for Speed Heat is the racing game coming out this November. You can look forward to. I don't. I don't really have any experience with Need for Speed that much. Besides the Centurion developed Need for Speed Hopper Shoot because they made Burnout Paradise, which is one of my favorite games. I love that. That game. was like a Paradise clone. Did you get the remake for Paradise? Paradise? Yes. Paradise remake. Yeah, I got How it. For is like, it? It's great. Sixty oh. frames a second. The graphics are like, eh. It's the same game. It still plays amazing. I loved that game so much. Yeah. So much. I was like, oh, man. I put so much time into that game. Yeah. I want Burnout to come back. I think it needs to. But uh, Criterion isn't doing anything. They're, I think, the, uh, weren't they only working on the vehicles for Star Wars? For uh, Star Wars Battlefront? Um... Yeah, they're they're supposed to be making like a game, but I have no idea what it is. What if they made a, a X Wing game? I eh, didn't they already do that? No. Yeah, they did a VR experience. Oh, the VR. Oh, yeah, that was good actually. I never play. I don't have VR, Cameron. I'm not rich. Yeah, I liked it. It it actually really makes you feel like you're in an X Wing. Need for Speed Heat might be a mobile game. Oh, why are we talking about it? I don't know. I, I thought it was a big... I don't know. I don't think it is. It's developed by Ghost Games. You developed by... F- or published by E. I thought you said it was a remake or something. Need for Speed Heat. Let me. Why know. did you bring up the Garfield game? <laughs> I did. Are we getting to the, the end of what we're talking about? No, it is coming out on PS4. Okay. Need for Speed Heat. Do you know. remember they made a, a long time after par- Paradise? Probably three or four years after Paradise. They came out with a game that was like a PSN, almost like an indie game, but it was like just the crash mode, but it was like very weird and not like in the, in the burnout, um, art style. I don't really know. I don't really know. I think it was called Crash. Paradise finished it for me. I was like, it's one and done. I honestly, as much as I love burnout, I don't see another game doing well. 
And I oh, think, yeah, me neither. Yeah, I think that's probably why they're not making another one. But yeah. that's too bad. A lot of people say that they re- re-released those remakes just to kind of test the water, test the water, see what people think. So I, I wonder how well it performed. It's already really cheap, so probably not too great. Last two games coming out. Uh, something about Shenmue Three. I don't know if that's actually uh, whatever. I guess if that's your thing, <laughs> double cross check us for Shenmue Three. I do, that's not coming out this year, is it? Uh, that's what it said according to the Kotaku article. So okay. And Jedi Fallen Order. EA is probably their their final Star Wars crack. <laughs> Um, developed by no, they've Reese. got ten years, don't they? Yeah, but let's be honest, none of their games have done too great. So they sold well. Whatever, that's all that matters. Whatever. I am kind of scared of this game because it doesn't look that good. So a lot of information came out about Jedi Fallen Order because of an EA preview event. I don't know if you saw a lot of the games influencers went over it to Disneyland and then got to play it for like. 10, 5 hours or something like that. I think it was 5 hours. Mm. 5 hour demo period. And every single person that came out of that preview event said, we want to play more. We think it's really great. We want more time with the game. And I can't wait till it comes out. So mm. maybe EA's paying them all off. We'll Who see. knows? Who knows? But it seems that the game is taking sort of a Tomb Raider approach maybe that's not the best comparison but it's like it's taking a lot from a lot of different games and not being very great at any of them so the combat style is similar to a dark souls lock-on or like the surge um the traversal is like uncharted the exploration is like metroid prime Mm. Uh, where you kind of have these doors and gates that you have to get through with abilities that you may or may not have yet, and there's backtracking and cool. connecting paths and a lot of positivity surrounding the game now. To be honest, Jedi Fallen Order, it, I just don't really want to buy it. <laughs> and I love Star Wars. I just There's something about it that doesn't look like a game that I want to play. I think maybe watching the gameplay, seeing the way that, like, the saber slashes, like, the feeling, it doesn't look like a AAA experience to me. That's what I was thinking, yeah. The combat just doesn't look that interesting. I will consider it. I will consider it if a it, discount. Yeah. Maybe. I have the same feeling know. about it as a Square Enix game. Where okay. it's like, oh, okay, this game looks like Tomb Raider. Would I play Tomb Raider? Yeah. Looks good. Would I buy it? Probably not, you know. Like it's it's a strange mix, and even even if you put a Star Wars um, coat of paint, it's not gonna really trick me. Yeah, well, we'll see. Here's the Hopefully thing about it, good. though. Like Respawn is solid; they're a great development team. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like they've had a ton of time to put this game together. You know what? I uh, kind of upsets me more than uh, anything is the fact that we never got our. Um, our uh, Star Wars thirteen thirteen. I game. know, yeah, thirteen thirteen. That game that looked, looked cool. so cool. It yeah. was just like such a good idea, such an interesting process, and just cut short. Cameron, we're at an hour ten. Let's, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Let's that it. has been our full fall release guide for you guys. If 
again, if you if you're listening to this, you're like, why are they reading through a bunch of games they haven't played? One, it's supposed to be informative. Two, we're not paid off by anyone. We're just passionate gamers. But if you'd like to pay us off, we would. Yeah. We would take it. Don't worry, I'm still going to put the, the ending bumper oh, so okay. they'll know where to go, Cameron. Got it. Yeah. This was my last question to you. Which of these games are you considering buying for the fall? Probably Modern Warfare is the closest one that I'm considering. And then maybe after that, Outer Worlds. Then maybe after that, um, that Garfield game. <laughs> and then maybe after that, the Star Wars Fallen Order. Have you... Wait. How do you feel about Borderlands 3? Because that also came Oh, out. yeah. What did you um, think of that one? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's kind of... Um, it holds itself back in a lot of ways, as in um, the writing is frustrating. The um, There are some real issues with um, performance that are really frustrating and that, I, that really get in the way of itself, right? Um, especially when you like open up the backpack and you're scrolling through your menus and you know like all of that stuff that is really kind of important in in this style of looter shooter like it 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 it's really it chugs it chugs so um, but when you're in the game and when you're playing it's so grindy and it's so fun and just like there's you know the the cycle of gameplay is fun and it's really enjoyable it's just like there are some things that hold it back from being a really excellent game yeah it's too bad i played borderlands 2 recently and it's like that game is awesome yeah but there were things about borderlands 3 that i was like i just don't seem as interested so maybe on a discount um i think if you're a borderlands fan of course get it definitely yeah other than that, it might just be. I mean, it sold. Discount. It sold pretty well. So yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people like the franchise for sure. And and you know, I I bought it um, probably in its uh, release week because I'm a Borderlands fan. I enjoy that series. I have really fond memories of the first one and the second one. And it just like I don't know. I I wanted to get back into that sort of like um, loot grind and. You know, it's just like a fun, um, if you can set aside the story, it's just a fun, like almost a mindless, um, game that you can just really enjoy. So, um, yeah, I would, I would recommend it. I think it's not like a perfect game by any means. It's not a, it's not an amazing game, but, um, it's very fun. And if you like Borderlands or you like that style of shooter, um, give it a shot. Good. Good. I think for me, I already bought um, Modern Warfare, and I'm going to be playing Destiny New Light, I think, a little bit longer. I enjoy both those games a lot so far. Most of my purchasing list is actually for Switch. I really want to get The Witcher 3. I really want to get Overwatch. I still want to get Doom and Skyrim, which are not even from this year. Um, but most of the stuff I just want to play on the Switch. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of, like, new titles that interest me maybe Jedi Fallen Order but I don't think I'm gonna buy it it'll be something I'll ask for for like Christmas or something like that yeah but yeah I think that wraps it up um I don't know how to end this show so sounds good this is the end this sound it does sound good right here we're done 
Everything Comes From Something is currently 100% fan-funded by listeners like you. And we wanted to shout out our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for supporting the show at the highest level. If you want to support Everything Comes From Something, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, where you can give a couple bucks our way and get access to our exclusive monthly podcast that is released at the end of the month on the platform through an RSS feed. If you don't have a few dollars... Again, tell a friend, tell some family about the podcast. That is how a show like this grows, and you can give us a rating on iTunes. We appreciate you guys so much, and we will see you next week.